Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby and Keg Podcast, episode 466. Mitch on the ones and twos. Charlie here with you. I'm really on the other side of the Zoom. I was going to say producer Lily's here with me, but she is currently going crazy. Um, crack had on the loose um, just in my living room, really. But she's, she's hanging out. We're in the mix. Beautiful summer night here in Milwaukee. Mitch is on the other side of the Zoom, not on the ones and twos, but I like saying it. Feels good. Gives me that nostalgia. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Doing well. Just trying to sort of, you know, make heads and tails of NBA free agency and, and, and everything, which we're certainly going to, to discuss. Yeah. But, you know, we're as we're sitting here talking about it, it kind of puts your brain in a pretzel, and hopefully we can uh, – sort that out for our listeners and, yeah uh, absolutely, absolutely. And i i think i think a lot of people um if you're a casual basketball fan if you're a someone who maybe has been more of a bucks fan now that they won the championship or that they have the honest no shame to you i understand not i'm not i'm out of that realm of shaming people for that um you could look at it and say holy shit there is a ton a ton to sift through a ton to go through we're going to do our best, give you a free agency primer, let you know about some guys that have been talked about in Bucks Twitter world and in other places um, and see, you know, what logically makes sense for the Bucks. Then we will also talk about what's the difference between being an optimistic fan and a carrying the water fan. That's, I think, going to be a fun discussion. And lastly, Brewers have gotten hot at the end of June here. Is that real? Is it fake? Is it just all part of the season? So, yeah, let's kick it off. And you know where to find Mitch, Mitch Ross MK on Twitter and Instagram. Myself, Tevin McKegg, Tevin McKegg Sports. It's complaining about Instagram uh, content, Mitch. And then my Giannis uh, shoe grade went pretty good today. So, you know, I guess I just all I got to do is complain and then I'll, I'll get, a, get, get a reel to go viral in my world, shall we say. Yeah, speaking of that, I mean, I do have an idea for you. Um, yeah. Remind me to tell you off the air. I don't know okay. if you want to do it right now, but. No, no, I, no. I, no okay. let's, well, let's, well, you can do it at the end of the show. Why don't we say it for the end of the show? And I'll let you, we can do it on air. That's fine. Um, and then if we need to talk about it more, I can flush it out with you off air. Let's talk about NBA free okay. agency. It is an interesting free agency period because you have a lot of guys who are opting out like Bobby Portis like Bradley Beal at a larger extent, James Harden. But the intention is that all three will re-sign with their team. It's expected that Bobby Portis is going to sign around a four-year, $48 million deal with the Bucs. He might be a little less, might be a little bit more. But that, not maybe not more. I think 48 is the, the maximum. But that's the yeah. deal that the Bucs are going to do for Portis. Now, I think he is such a fan favorite that – Nobody is going to say no to that, but I do think we have to provide both sides. And yeah, there might be a little trepidation giving a guy who's been necessarily having his career year, but it's a lot of years for a guy who maybe might not have, I wouldn't say earned it, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like it's, there is some intimidation there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime there's a player that, overperforms their contract and you look at giving them more money significantly and several years, I mean, you're gonna, you know, it changes sort of the perception of, of that player drastically because, you know, and, and I don't see that being a problem with, with Portis necessarily because, you know, he wasn't the championship team. Um, he does a lot of, you know, hard hat and lunch pail stuff that people love around here. But, you know, if, you know, he's coming off a career year, the numbers go down. Now, situation will be different for him. I, you know, he started most of last season. Right. You hope that's not the case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking at 10 to $12 million a year for him, that's different than four or five, you know, on a, on a, on a short term. You know, that's very much, uh, you know, a team-friendly contract. Now it starts to get into the uh, – you know, okay, you gotta you gotta kind of produce at that level. Now, having said that, with Bobby, he's what twenty six. Right. I mean, so that's where you know it kind of saves you. It's not 
it's not locking up a 33 year old, you know, or God forbid a 37 year old PJ Tucker to three years, 30 million, which, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But, you know, Bobby still is improving. I mean, he's, yeah. he's still, he, he's round. He's kind of, I guess you could say he's a late bloomer. You know, yeah. he, he found the, found the right situation and where, you know, he, you know, he, he was a first round pick in 2017 and Something like that, you know, I think, I think he was in the Rashad Vaughn draft. Oh, so God, that must have been like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, it's um, been he's been he's been in the league in a while. I mean, there people were really high on him out of college. He was a you know SEC Player of the Year. Like there was a lot of good vibes about who Bobby Portis was and what he could bring to the table. Right. And he just he needed to grow up a little bit. And, yeah, and I mean, he was best known for punching Miritich in the face for the foot the bowls. Right, and he got traded. I think later that season. And Washington. Um, to Washington that ended up on the Knicks for the final year of his, and I assume was, was renounced by the Knicks. And that's how the Bucks were able to get him, you know, off the, and, off the bargain bin. And, and that's, and I mean, that's a fun, that's a funny guy. Yeah, you're right. That's, and that's a funny thing to look back on. Cause I think there was a lot of people wondering what Bobby Portis was all about. Cause they were like, well, Bobby, like has been bounced around, like doesn't really make sense. And a couple of guys we'll talk about is I honestly think, there are Bobby Portis like guys out here in free agency this year as well. That if you wanted yeah. to use a chunk of that MLE on, that that wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And I will throw this out there: is if Bobby making eleven million, you're right. Expectations are much higher. They have to. You just can't just say, well, you know, we have Bobby on such a discount. No, that takes done. Like that's that's in the garbage. You have to throw that one away. But I will say, I almost wonder if the Bucs will start to look at Bobby as a potential starter if they're going to move off of Brooke Lopez next year. Now, I have no idea if they will. I could see Brooke having still two more years left. If you could get Brooke back on a two-year deal, um, I don't hate that. I think, obviously, you have to make sure the medicals look good. And I, I don't, the Bucs aren't going to let, let us in on that. Uh, but if not... No, yeah, it could be a real situation where Bobby turns into a starter, and then you're talking about a guy who's your fourth option on a perennial championship team that's making $11 million, and if you say it like that, it sounds a lot better than $11 million off the bench. Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about that, you know, be, of maybe it's just – maybe Bobby is the, the Brook replacement, especially – yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I guess I – I hadn't looked at that. I, I guess I, I haven't let my brain go to the point of not having Brooke. I mean, no, I, I know. I look, but, man. You're you're a huge Brooke guy. I like Brooke. I chastise those who who do who undervalue Brooke's importance. Um, but at the same time, I, I I do understand that at some point Brooke's going to run his course, and I just don't know. I don't know when that is, and if it's you know if he would stay on a team friendly deal next year, great. But who knows? He might just say fuck it, and I want to cash out. And some team will overpay me because you're on a championship laden team, which happens far too often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so all in all, I, I think I'd be fine with that number with Bobby. Um, I guess I'd like four for 40 more than four for 48, just <laughs> on the, you know, a little bit, anytime you can pay a player a little bit less, you know, it gives you a little more flexibility, I suppose, in the long run. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I guess that that is a possibility that it, you can you can replace from within, yeah. Because I mean, Brook Lopez is is vital to what the Bucks do on the defensive end, as I think we saw last season with him missing, you know, three quarters of the year, um, if not more. And the defense suffered quite a bit. Now that could have been a championship hangover, um, but I expect them to, as we talked about before, have a little piss in their Cheerios this coming year and the revenge tour should begin um, with some new faces, hopefully. Yep. Uh, you already have Marjan Bochamp, which we haven't talked about at all either. No, uh, you know, I, we I, can, let's do, let's do Bochamp at the end. Um, we can talk yeah. a little Bochamp at the end. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are going to be some new faces. And when we talk about Brooke and Bobby, it kind of makes me think, the more I think about it, the more I, I kind of sift through it as we talk about, I don't know if they need a backup bid. And I like some of the guys. Like, if they signed Thomas Bryant, I'd be cool with that. If they signed Mo Bamba, 
I would actually be kind of thrilled with that because Mo Bamba is a type of guy in that Bobby realm, 24 years old, showed some promise, can shoot. But is will Mo Bamba chase a championship and play maybe 10 minutes a game, 15 at best, um, versus maybe an opportunity where he's going to be getting 20 to 30 minutes and maybe starting? I don't know. Well, and I, I, uh, I don't know that Bamba has the exact same market Bobby Portis did at the time. I think Bobby was almost an afterthought and yeah, um, just because he kind of had, yeah, toiled, toiled away with a shitty Knicks team. Right. You know, and I think it, his season ended at when the pandemic started. Right. I think, so, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We would need, we would need like Bamba to sign like a three-year deal with Charlotte and then just be terrible with Charlotte for the first three for for the first year and then the Bucks trade for Bamba next year. That would probably be yeah. the bo- better Bobby example. But I don't because I go ahead. I'd say Bamba's probably gonna get something. I mean he's he'll get a good know, contract. I, yeah. He'll he'll so. get he'll get something nice. I, I mean I think that they're he I think if people use the lens of betting on pedigree, he's a top five pick or top six pick. And that's, that's not a bad way to go. We saw it work out for the Warriors with Andrew Wiggins and it's a copycat league, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on the idea of getting another big. I just feel like money can be spent elsewhere. Um, A name that I think has been thrown around a lot has been Gary Harris. I think Gary Harris is going to be expensive. I think you'll have to use a lot of your MLE, if not all of it. I think Gary Harris would have to be coming in on more of a prove it deal since he's been in Orlando and the Bucks sell him on the idea that you'll get a lot of playing time. We'll come off the bench. We, we, you saw what we needed last year to win a championship. We think you're that guy. Here's our deal and hope that Harris gets down for that. But again, similarly to Bamba, Harris is probably going to have a lot of suitors and some of them will be, in you know contending for a title and i gotta be honest if harris goes to a philly or a boston i'm not gonna be really happy about that one but um what do you think about gary harris i I mean i would be all for it to i I would like him out of the west matthews role kind of a guy that totally you know a guard a guard that could start or come off the bench because you know grayson allen started the majority of the year but you know towards down the stretch Bud went back to his, his guns and started Wes Matthews and put Allen back on the bench. I mean, I think you could, you could sell Gary Harris on, on either, either role. Um, you know, I think Grayson's comfortable either way. Um, mm-hmm. I would love, I would love Gary Harris. Um, at, geez, I, that dude's going to get a decent amount of money though. I mean, he's, He's probably going to get 15 million a year. I mean, so like, something so like that. here's, here's the thing though, Mitch, like you have to use the lens, like, and I know it's hard. I know we're a small market and everything like that, but we have to use the lens of we are a championship team. People will take less money for an opportunity out of ring and people want to play with Giannis. And I, I know that's hard. I, I, it's difficult, right? But I think that you have to at least, you know, and, and maybe it's false hope, but yeah, it's, you know, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe Gary gets 15 million and it's like my Jalen Williams pick for our draft uh, thing. And he goes 12 and it's like, well, the Bucks didn't even have a fucking shot, like not even a chance at hell for Jalen Williams. And so maybe Gary Harris gets four for 80 and it's like, oh, you're an idiot. Like there's no way they could have done. I this. mean, I'm telling you, he might, because when, no, when every right. single contender wants him, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're not the only contender out there and no, you know, no, there's, no, there's going to be like, seriously, the 12 to 15 mil would probably be a discount for that guy. He's, he, he's the best role player on the market. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's, so. that's absolutely true. So who would be your, if, if you couldn't get, who's then that next guy or who's maybe a cheaper role player that you look at and you're like, all right, that's a guy I kind of have my, my sight set on whether it's at the wing or the point guard position. Well, I guess if you're trying to look at somebody that's, are we talking most of MLE or 
like a Bobby Portis, like a, like a four and a half, five million type guy. Uh, you can, I mean, you could take it in whatever way you want, man. Like I I'll, well, let's just do it. The most, the MLE, like, who would you, who would you dump your MLE for most of it? Or let's say all of it. Well, it probably would be Gary Harris, to be honest with you, but, um, I kind of wanted Torian Prince, but, but he, he's re-signed with Minnesota. I think a two year extension. Okay. So he's, he is now off the board. Um, Dude, TJ Warren wouldn't be bad. I, I don't know if I would. I, that's with the injuries and stuff, though. The dumping twelve to fifteen million on that guy would be would be a tough sell for me. That feels um, that feels like let's we can start with Warren. Like let's Warren. I, I'm interested by him. I think he showed potential, but I just wonder if like his potential was all bubble related. So was it because there were no fans there. There was no outside distractions and he could just focus on basketball. Or was it that this was the start of TJ Warren becoming a vital player in the NBA. And then it just got derailed by injuries the last two years. And it's also a guy coming off of two years. I actually think TJ Warren's going to come cheap. And because uh, to me, if you're like, Oh, wait, who actually has a prove it deal opportunity. I would say Warren's one of them. Warren's a guy like that because he's coming off an injury. He hasn't been in the league for two years. I think Joe Ingles has a little bit of that. I don't really want Joe Ingles, but I think he's another example of a guy who, 34 years old, coming off an ACL tear, maybe not ready for the start of the season. Like, I think you'd get him back probably by Christmas, maybe a little bit later. But it's a guy who, again, won't take a lot of money because A, he's injured. But B, he, you know, has to like prove that he still got it with 34 year old legs and a and a bum ACL. Yeah, Ingles, certainly a good good ball movement guy, um, and a leader type. That I guess I don't know. The Bucks are probably pretty good in that category, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I feel like you can never have too much of that. Would you put um, Nick Batum? Would you put Nick Batum in that category too? He's in that same category of Ingles. He's probably probably better than the thing about Batum is that he showed an ability to play small ball five. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's only against Rudy Gobert. I don't know, but (laughs) uh, decent shooter with Batum Ingles too. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. uh, um, Great shooter actually, but Batum would be okay. A little, little old, but I think they're about the, about the same age. Right. Comparing those two guys. Yeah, he's long in the tooth. I mean, he shot 40% from three the last two years um, and averaged, you know, 14 points year prior, 16 points this year. Uh, 16 was the highest point total for him since the 2018 season. Um, his defense has never been like his strong suit, but it's it's not terrible. His defensive rating is like a 109. That's, I mean, that's not great. I guess it's kind of shitty, but I don't really worry about guys who can't play defense when you have Giannis and Brooke. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't want to be a sieve, but at the same time, like those guys can can help you out a lot, especially too with Chris and Drew. So I I'd be in on Batum. I thought it was sneaky that Hugo uh, Hugo Basson, the guy we we drafted and we're stashing, uh, mm-hmm. Batum has the same agent as Hugo. So if you want to say that we're we're still in the tampering game. You're goddamn right we are. We still tamper. We just do it a little more quietly. We don't We don't talk to the Chris Haynes and the Woges of the world anymore. We just do a little sneaky shit like that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that doesn't matter. Uh, oh, right. I mean, it. like, look, it, it shows that. I think Batum, just international dude, I'm sure would want to play with Giannis. Um, I think that I think there would be an intrigue there. Um, I don't think Tombs won a ring either, so he's obviously probably going to go to a contender. Um, he could, I he could stay with the Clippers. I actually don't know why he wouldn't stay with the Clippers. I guess the starting time does get get or like your time gets sucked up a little bit with Kawhi and Paul George both being back. Maybe I answered my yeah. question, but I don't know. I will see. Tombs an interesting one to me. Um, Feel free if you have anyone to lob in. I mean, we haven't talked to any point guards yet. Patty Mills seems to be the sexy, no. the sexy choice. 
um, because he opted out of his, uh, his deal. And I've been on the Tyus Jones train, but, you know, interestingly enough, you seem to think Tyus Jones is going to get some sort of gigantic contract, but not Gary Harris. So, um, so okay. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Go, I mean, I guess here's the thing with, here's the thing with Tyus Jones versus Gary Harris. I mean, look, you could, you could be right, right? Like you'd be right that both, both guys, both guys look, get big money and that's all that matters. But I will say that the difference here is that Gary Harris is a depreciating asset in the sense that he's been on the magic for the last couple of years. We haven't seen Gary Harris in a meaningful basketball game in a few years, right? Tyus Jones, we just saw play for a Memphis team that took the championship Warriors to six games, and he looked pretty good doing it. So that's why I think he is a appreciating asset versus Harris, who's more of a depreciated. Does that make sense? Is that yeah, is that I, yeah. So, I, I get that. I, I totally get that. That's that's very true. Um, Tyus Jones, it would be a dream scenario. 39% from three this past season, uh, 45% from the floor, 21 minutes a game, played 73s, been pretty durable throughout his whole career, except for his rookie year. Um, I think he'd be a guy that would possibly play at least that much for the Bucks, just because Drew Holiday has some versatility. You know, Drew's not really a point guard. I think Tyus Jones is more of a point guard and a better, better three-point threat than Drew. Um, so that, I mean, that, that'd be a dream scenario, obviously backup point guard is, was a much maligned and has been, and probably will be a much maligned position, um, with George Hill situation, he's still under contract. So I guess George is going to be here unless, unless they dump him somehow, um, in a trade or something, but yeah, I mean, um, the George Hill, yeah, George Hill, I don't know, man, it has, you have to start thinking through that a little bit and be like. What do we what do we need to do here to move him? Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, Tyus Jones would be great. I just I think he's going to get more money. I think we're like basically having the same conversation to your point. Like you feel that way about Gary Harris. I feel that way about Tyus Jones. But, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe Tyus looks at it, looks at the situation as like he's a Minnesota kid. It'd be sneaky funny to have Tyus Jones on the team because that would be another member of the 2015 Duke team on the box um, to really drive the yeah. knife in for Badger fans. Um, so I would, I'd always appreciate that. Aaron holidays and our name that has gotten brought up uh, 44% from three last year, Drew's brother. Uh, Phoenix is not going to pay him um, his, res- his restricted deal. So he's a free agent. Um, the box love brothers, as we saw with the Nasus. Um, I, I could see it. I wouldn't hate it. I would not hate that idea. And I don't think it's, oh, it's just his brother. Like, I think that would be a nice, sneaky little ad for the Bucks. I think Aaron Holiday is a solid player and obviously comes from a great pedigree of basketball players. Yeah, and for to show up the backup point guard position, I'm, I think I'd be in for that. Um, you know, like you said, Drew's brother, but he's 25 years old, going to be 26. Right. Yeah, he's a young guy. And um, younger guy. Uh, I think you know, he played some – big minutes for Phoenix when he went there in a trade, you know, down the stretch in the playoffs, you know, so it's not like he'd necessarily be totally foreign to playing in big games. Um, yeah, I'd be okay with it. I'm not sure what the shooting numbers are. I'll look those up real quick. 44% uh, from but, three, which is, uh, which is the one that stands out right from last year on playing in a, a system that is, you know, much more friendly than, you know, what he started out his career at. So, yeah, I think Aaron Holiday would be would be a dream. I think it would be and I may say a dream, that might be a little too far, but it would be a be a really good spot. I mean, forty four percent is the best he's had his entire career. Um, so was it an outlier? Unsure. Um, and that was just with Phoenix in his twenty two games. In total, he shot thirty seven percent. So yeah, there's you know, he's a suitable backup point guard. Um his Defensive rating is not, I would say, as strong as his brother's um, was, but you know that that can be worked on. And I think obviously having having Drew there would would be a plus. But I do think 
you wade in interesting waters with that because it's like, all right, well, what if Aaron Holiday needs to be a piece for whatever the Bucks need in February? Like, how do you tell Drew, like, hey, we're trading your brother? You know what I mean? Like, does that does that play into it? I'm not sure. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see on that. I think Pat, Patty Mills, as we kind of alluded to at the start, like, he he would be great. He's, you know, he's an older guy. He doesn't play a lick of defense, but he has clutch shots for days. Like, he has a full slideshow deck of clutch shots, and he's a guy who you know, need a bucket which the Bucs have had multiple moments in the playoffs, even in the championship year where they just need a bucket, Patty Mills can be that guy. Um, it would be, it'd be an excellent ad if, if that was something. I'm not sure the relationship with Budenholzer and him, but obviously there is one um, from their Sacramento day, or San Antonio, that's Sacramento, San Antonio days. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, oh, I, I so contract. interesting. You're not that excited on Patty Mills. Is it the age or is it the lack of defense well, or a little bit of both? Age, lack of defense, and he was horrific last year for Brooklyn. So that that may suppress his value a little bit, and maybe you do get, you know, a guy who outperforms his contract in that situation. I don't know if he – you know, I can't see him getting a super long deal. So that would be the one enticing thing about it. But – yeah, he's just to me. He he's more of a Bryn Forbes, where it's like, oh. you know, great shooter, very much a niche player, not a defender. Would get hunted the end of the second he's on a, on the court. I mean, I don't know. That's sure, interesting. But I like. I, no, look, man. I I'm, I don't I don't hate that that at all. Um, to wrap up, and then we'll do a little bow champ, and then we'll talk about other stuff. I think the Andrew Wiggins All-Stars, your flyers, that you could say, all right, maybe Bobby Portis All-Stars too. Kevin Knox, 22 years old, but whatever. Like, you want to take him on a veteran minimum? Maybe not a veteran minimum. You probably can't get that. But you would get Kevin Knox for very cheap. He's not yeah. been a good – he's been a boss so far, um, but obviously a lot of time to prove people wrong. Uh, yeah. Jared, Jared Culver is another one who – Yep. Could be a little taller, a little bigger. Um, wouldn't hate that idea at all. I know there's been some discussion that the Bucks have interest in Cam Reddish. I believe that would have to come via a trade, right, Mitch? Um, I'd have to look that up real quick. But I think Cam Reddish yeah. would need to come in a trade. I don't buy – I really would shudder. I think if you're like, how do the Bucks screw this up? It would be doing a deal for Derrick Rose and Cam Reddish would – make me quiver probably hmm. so um, you like Derek yeah. so you like Derek Rose I the contract, I don't I don't like Derek Rose I don't like Derek Rose okay. I don't like you, that you were you were kind of like eh. I I thought I heard like the same Patty Mills reaction but the inverse so no I I I'd do Cam Reddish for you know a future second round pick or something if the Knicks are trying to clear more salary I mean absolutely oh, yeah. Uh, Derek Rose, I'd probably rather have him than Carmelo or Kemba Walker, but that's not saying much. Um, I'd rather have Derek Rose than Kemba. I don't know if I'm there with you on Carmelo. I think Carmelo will stay in a big city. Um, I don't think I actually could see him going to the Clippers, um, but I, I would probably go Carmelo. Just I think yeah, I don't know though. Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a really, yeah. it's a really tough one. But, yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say Rose's contract is that bad. It still would put you into tax. Like, he's $14 million this year. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, never mind. Right. Right. And then he has a team option next year, which you'd obviously decline. Reddish is a lot more favorable. Dude's 23, 5.9 mil um, this year. Then there's a qualifying offer um, the following year at 8.1. But if you decided if he's just not what you need, move on from that and then he he would it would obviously make him a restricted free agent uh with that club if you just extend the qualifying offer i'm at eight one so not bad not bad deal at all and he's 23 and again another 2015 duke player or no no he isn't sorry he did not play in that duke team Uh, he's He's much older 2019 much younger excuse me um Uh, what about what about uh alani walker so I, I wrote him down 
Um, you know, the Spurs, um, we didn't mention it because we're not a Spurs or Hawks podcast or an NBA podcast, matter, but the Spurs traded DeJounte Murray, if you're living under a rock, for Danilo Garinelli, Gallinari, a bunch of picks. It looks like the Spurs are tra- are tanking for French Vic. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. I'll probably try to get his last name right by Christmas. That'll be a goal I'll hold myself to. Um, and they have Lion Walker as a shooting free agent, young guy, 23 years old. I mean, why not, right? See what the see if the Spurs are really tanking. It's like, I don't know. It seems like a no-brainer to bring back the guy who's 23 on a restricted deal. But if the Spurs are really going to tank this thing, um, you know, maybe Lonnie Walker is the guy that you should pursue and someone that maybe the other championship teams aren't necessarily thinking about. Yeah, I just I kind of put him in the, the Portis category a little bit where you know, probably hasn't, you know, hasn't really played a ton, hasn't, you know, really sniffed his ceiling or potential. Um, and a guy that can get a bucket for you, I suppose. I mean, I don't know how great of a shooter he is. I admittedly haven't seen a ton of Spurs games over the last two or three years. I mean, can you, um, can you blame yourself though? I mean, the Spurs right. have been about as boring as, as fucking watching two old people have sacks. Like you can't, yeah, you can't, and, you can't and blame yourself on that. And it's good to see him pick a direction finally. Um, right. You know, it sounds exactly. like it sounds like Popovich is going to stick around for yeah. now. And he mentioned uh, Bud's. He mentioned Bud's college, Paloma, uh, whatever. He's like, this is going to be like back in the day. Pomona College or whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Yeah. Lonnie, Wa- so. Lonnie Walker, not a great three point shooter. Thirty one percent last year. He uh, averaged about twelve point one points per per game uh only started six games for the spurs so has already sort of worked himself as a role player let's see what's per per 100 looks like awful defender uh his defensive rating for his career is at 115 with an offensive rating of 101 so yeah not a great start to lonnie walker's career but who knows maybe again to your point he could be a depreciated asset we'll, we'll have to see i I am of the belief that I don't think Grayson Allen's going to get traded. Um, I just don't see it. Um, I don't see the deal. I mean, yes, could they trade him for Harrison Barnes or Kyle Kuzma or a few other names that have been mentioned and been thrown around? Sure. But I just, I'd be surprised. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that and how you feel about a potential Allen trade with some of the names that have been thrown out there. Really, this was before, before the draft, but now after the draft. It'll obviously get resurfaced again. Yeah, it seemed like if it would have happened, it maybe would have happened by now. But I guess we are kind of in the early stages of the offseason yet. I mean, with the draft kind of kicks everything off in the NBA, which is different than the NFL for sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't see that. I mean, I kind of alluded to that earlier. I just I, – I feel like they're – I don't know how much interest they have in making – the significant changes heading into next year you know they're not the Atlanta Hawks who you know significantly regressed and feel like they need to make a move or two I don't think the Hawks are done um but yeah Grayson Allen I don't think is going anywhere and I guess as of today is you're you know you're starting starting shooting guard and I think I'm okay with that um as long as everybody's full strength and we assume they, they would be you know you have no reason to not think so you know, I think that works out well. It's just when, you know, he has to become your third option in offense, it's a little bit of a problem. So no question. Yeah, about it. I, 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 don't, I don't see Grayson going anywhere. I, I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, I, I got a couple other names real quick. If, yeah, if you sure. Want. We'll do, yeah, we'll uh, do pop, some little rapid fire. A popular one is Otto Porter. I think I'd be down just because yeah. he's. Bucks had interest a, last year. Yep. And he was pretty awesome for the Warriors, you know, but he really wasn't that great leading up to this year. And, you know, again, you gotta be, you gotta be careful with Warriors guys just because everything's such uh, you know, um, rainbows and cupcakes in golden state that it's, oh, yeah. you know, guys are in such a great, great situation. You know, the, the Wiggins stuff began to get a little nauseating for me just because it's like, what do you think is going to happen to this guy? He doesn't have to do shit. And then when he does, it's great. But, you know, when he doesn't, but nobody expects anything. So um, it's like that for anyone on their, on, in their organization. So 
I, I would give Otto Porter money, I think, okay. because I think he'd be fine coming off the bench. He'd be a nice small ball four. I think that'd be a good fit with Giannis at the five in the playoffs should, should that have to happen. And I, and I would feel okay with it. I think he's a decent defender. You know, again, switchy, versatile. Sure, sign me up, um, barring some outrageous contract. But I don't. it's not Herb Cole's box either, so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, no, that. So who else? Who's else on the? Is that the last one on the list, or did you have more? Uh, I just I want I wanted to make sure we hit on him just because it's right. You know, I feel like he was a very, very popular sort of, sort of name. Uh, God, there's so many guys out there, man. It's crazy. Right. Oh, for sure. And and I think we you know summed up a good amount of guys. I, I'm sure we missed some. I'm sure, you're like why didn't you talk about that guy? Um, you know. It, it happens, right? And some of them we just – I don't have interest in at all. And and if the Bucks do, we're in trouble. Like, if they sign Dennis Schroeder, I'm going to be like, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, or yeah. I'm trying to think of another name that would give me sort of a cringe. Robin Lopez. We brought back Dante DiVincenzo. Like, all of that would be no thanks. No thanks at all. Derek Jones, another guy who I'm like, why? But – so I apologize if we missed your favorite Bucks Twitter target. Um, but excited to see what happens on Thursday and into Friday. And we'll do our best to recap it Thursday. Who knows? Maybe Mitch will join me if something breaks early enough. Um, if not, um, I will obviously give that to you with the daily tap. Before we get going about Fairweather fans, I know we were long already. Um, it's been a week since the Bucks drafted Marjan Bochamp. Do you feel better about it? Do you feel worse about it? Do you feel the same you did? How? Where are you at with the boat? I guess start with last week and then to where you are today. Uh, much better today. You know, I mean, it's we're, we're far enough removed. I was okay with it probably over the weekend. Of course, initially when it happens, you're angry because, as always, they don't take the first seven guys you, you want. Right. So, you know, they take, they take the guy that is like, okay. Uh, you know, they've done that as far back as I can remember, Let's put it that way, you know, and it's been a while since you've had, it was the draft I think was extra exciting for us this year because, you know, we actually had a first round pick and again, it's going to be a very, it was a, it's a, it is a very important first round pick. And it, they, you know, they took it on a guy who's, I mean, had about as wild a journey as you, you'll probably see. I probably any first round pick this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, it was pretty pretty unknown. You know, in the in the in the mainstream circles, I didn't. I admittedly had never really heard of the guy until you know the week of the draft, um, where it was just like, oh, okay, this guy. You know, I I was seeing him in some mocks and I watched some film and, I mean, I guess you can see why they took him he's he will make them younger and more athletic which i don't think is is um a bad thing you know the shooting not pretty but there's probably potential i mean he didn't take a lot of sample yeah exactly sample size is small right you know right he he only took like 30 some threes or whatever the whole g league season so i mean they didn't ask him to do it and you know who knows if the bucks will i just you hope he can make some kind of impact defensively. I think he, at 22 years old, I don't think it's a stretch to say, you know, he should be, he should sniff the rotation. I mean, yeah, frankly, yeah, the way in the regular season, I thought the way Bud talked about him was kind of unbud like in a way with younger guys where Bud was <laughs> kind of almost alluding to the fact that, yeah, he's going to get a chance and he's going to, he has NBA reps or it's nothing's like NBA reps, but he's played in something a little bit above college. And I thought that was interesting. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I am sure you didn't listen on last Friday. It's okay. Like you hear me enough. We talked for an hour about this shit. Um, but on Friday, I basically used your thesis about the future and said, they did that. They just did it for a defensive guy, not an offensive guy. And yeah. That to me is where it's going. And, you know, you hope that in two or three years that his offense comes around and then it's like, holy shit, the Bucks got this guy with the 24th pick. 
and he could have been had well, by this contender or that contender. Yeah, I mean, and I think what what sort of saves me and a lot of Bucks fans is like, you know, we went through the honest thing where, you know, he he, you know, the difference is Giannis was, you know, eighteen years old when he came over here and was super 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 raw, but, you know, the Marjan is pretty unknown. You know, the competition level was a lot better, I think, which works in his favor. But it's like I really have a hard time doubting this dude that's had such a crazy backstory and um you know was was so thankful to be drafted and you know it, there, like there are some some similar you know characteristics to Giannis and, and his his story I mean it's not the same I don't know if anyone will ever be the same as Giannis but I mean it, it's it's like you look at the student you think he's going to work work hard and we'll, we'll fit right in with everybody seems like a super nice kid and I mean he, he he does he has an upside i mean he totally. he does and if you can develop a corner three out of the guy then that's all you really need i mean you don't necessarily need a, a superstar player which is you know the best position to be in i mean you've already got you know probably the best player in the league at this point and should be the next few years so um you don't need him to be a superstar right. and you know he he, he kind of fills a need of a of a long wing defender because you're going to see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum again at some point. You know, you're going to see Kevin. Well, maybe not Kevin Durant, but who knows, right? You know, at this point, year you will. At this point, you are. And uh, I, you know, I think you're the homework you're giving Bochamp is all right. Work on work on that corner three, and study this. Starts start studying tape on you know guys like that, and start seeing what you can do defensively and what they do and maybe you can pick up some things and yeah you're not going to get it all from tape you're not going to you're going to get it from playing those guys and I wouldn't be surprised if whenever the Bucks play Boston whenever they play Brooklyn when they play Philly even a little bit he's a little big for Harden but I'm sure he could put a body on Harden like getting that exposure Miami another good example uh, with Jimmy Butler like throwing him out there at least for 10 minutes against those guys he gets cooked sucks you can take a timeout. But I do think that that helps and that just gets those game reps so you start feeling more comfortable. And I hope that Bud is a little more trustworthy with him, just given his defense, hopefully he is, and it's a little bit more than what he's done with Nora. I thought it was interesting. We didn't mention this, but Nora accepted the qualifying offer. Uh, or they, they The Bucks are extending the qualifying offer. I think Nora is still a restricted free agent, so he could get, he could get a deal here or there, but the Bucks you want to bring Jordan Nora back, which doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, that's a huge year for him. I mean, that could be, you know, he's he might be, maybe that's why they went with a defensive first guy, sort of at a similar position to Jordan Nora, because Jordan Nora is lost on defense more often than not, and the shooting is has been inconsistent, and maybe they want to have some insurance there. You know, they they do need another another wing off the bench. And right. I don't know, maybe, maybe you look at a one year, one plus one type of deal with somebody, which I, I would imagine they probably do just in, in the, in the event that he's, you know, Bochamp's not, not ready at all. Um, and you got somebody, but maybe somebody you can learn from, but yeah, I think yeah. I've come, I've come around on the pick now. Talk to me in preseason and first couple of weeks of the season. And we'll see. But, um, yeah, we'll 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 see for sure. Um, just to clean up the Nora thing real quick, he can choose to accept the two million dollar deal. He could also negotiate a new deal with the Bucks or another team as a restricted free agent. Um, and then you guys know how restricted free agency works. The Bucks would have to match if a team, like let's just say Washington, gave him a deal. Um, Nora would have the Bucks would have to match that. We'll see. It should be a fun ride, man. Um, sucks it's over the Fourth of July weekend. You'd think the NBA would do a better job of that, but then again, the NFL starts their their new year um, right when the the March Madness begins. So they don't give a shit. They don't care about the content creators of the world. They don't care about the TikToks that we have to do. Thankfully, I'm not in like a lake house or something where I get like no service. I'll be just here hanging out with Lily and my wife. So it'll be fine. I'll, I'll live.
Moving on to a, another topic, and I know we got to go because we're we're long in the tooth already. Uh, we had an interesting, we had a lot of interesting discussions at the Milwaukee Roundtable, sponsored by the Nomad, not an actual sponsor, but my God, that could have easily been a podcast. Um, so many good topics there, and one of the things you mentioned was that you were kind of sick of my. Yelich defense. Um, I've been riding pretty hard for Christian Yelich. And you said, I, you know, I'm kind of sick of you carrying the water. And I wasn't mad about it. I, I can take criticism. Um, but what I was interested in is, you know, where is that fine line between optimist and fair weather? Oh, I'm sorry, optimist and carrying the water. And then similarly, similarly what's the fine line between pessimist and just being a fucking grump and thinking that you're that everything that's going to go wrong will go wrong for your sports team. So, Mitch, I open the floor up to you. About Christian Yelich? Um, no, 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 no. Or... not about Christian Yelich, but about you know that the, well, the 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 fan. I mean, you can use Yelich as the example, but like, where do you go from an optimist to a water carrying fan? Like, what? what takes it over the top where you're like, you know what? Like, can't you be critical? Like what, where is that line? What's that line of demarcation for an optimist versus someone who's carrying the water? Well, it, it, it is a fine line. I mean, it, it, totally. just, it could, it could change on the, on the day. Right. But I, I mean, I just, I, I, I had to, I had to, you know, open up to you about just, it's just, it's just constant with like how, what is batting averages at leadoff? Like, I don't care. Like, he, you know, he's hitting, he's hitting 12 hoppers up the middle. You know, if, if you, if you need a single in the first through the sixth inning, he's your man. But I mean, great. You know, I just, I need some sort of clutch hit or, you know, some sort of three run Homer or, you know, something, some, some big game impacting hit that, you know, he hasn't done in three years. So it's just, so, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know how to answer your question because it's a very tough question to answer. I mean, it, well, it's, it's just be, be so, a little be be. It's okay to be critical. I mean, it, it is. I, yeah, I think, but like I, I guess I, feel like, I guess here's the thing. It's like I my point with Yelich. If we're just using Yelich as the the guys, but you could throw Rogers, you could throw other things in. Is like I see Yelich getting slandered. And then I look at Willie Adamas' stat line and like, why isn't Willie Adamas getting some of this shit pot? Why aren't people taking some of that and giving it to Willie Adamas? Because he's a fun guy. Because he rings a fucking bell. Because he has 18 home runs. Like, what? What is yeah. it? But you, but, <laughs> but Mitch, like, what makes Willie? So you're telling me because he has 15, excuse me, not 18 home runs. Like he's batting 212. His OBP is 283. He's barely getting on fucking base right now. And yeah, he has more extra, he has more extra base hits than Christian Yelich, but Christian Yelich has 71 hits compared to 45 by Willie Adams. So why aren't we more critical of Willie Adams? That's my point is that Yelich gets everybody's shit and Yelich wears the weight because we are so spoiled as fucking sports fans here in the state of Wisconsin because we turn on the TV in fucking fall we get to watch Aaron Rodgers ball out. Then in the winter, we turn on the TV. We get to watch Giannis dominate and do what he does. And then in spring, when Gallus doesn't do it, why can't you be more like those guys? Why can't we enjoy that? I'm just sick of it. Now I've ranted enough to get my dog upset. She was sleeping nicely, but it's like, <laughs> well, it's, I just it's 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 the contract, dude. Like it, it's it's the the fact that you know he's here for. Okay, but like everybody would have done that fucking contract. We've been over this. I know, like, but I'm telling you, that's why people get angry because Willie Adamas could be gone tomorrow, you know, and for all we know, and it, 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 it you know, he's he's not. We're not stuck with him, and and Yelich, I'm okay. I, I'm I'm frankly, I'm still a fan of the guy. You know, he's doing all right, but you know, it's just it's got to be better. It's got to be better at that number. When you're a small market team, you can't just you, know, you can't be the Yankees and take on six bad contracts and then hope to get anything out of them. Like he's taken up a third of your budget, and he's got to he's got to live up to that to some extent. He's got to come somewhere close. 
and you know you're, you're paying it you're paying him to be a clutch player if you okay so first of all a couple of things um since now i'm really digging in now on this yelich defense um couple of things number one he's batting 286 with three home runs um with, with two on with runners on and two outs um this year so there's that just throwing out there um would take a guess with christian yelich's wins above replacement where do you think he ranks with batters where would you think he ranks in the, on the team his war rating this season yeah, yeah. Uh, with position players, um, probably like third. He's fourth, so he's 1.3. Willie Adamas, 1.5. Hunter Renfro, 1.5. And Jace Peterson, almost two, 1.9. Crazy. I wanted okay. Jace released wow. um, in May. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't that fucking nuts? Well, I, I mean, I still, I, still, I still do, but that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, you, I just don't need him playing outfield. I, I think that we learned that lesson today. Um, no... No outfield for Jace. But to my point, like, okay, like, I can agree with you that Yelich's bat speed is gone. And I just think that, and this is going to sound pompous of me, and that's okay. I think that I'm really good as a fan of retraining my brain and not continuing to have the same expectations every year for a guy. And understanding that I may never get that guy back. Like I did that with Rogers at the tail end of McCarthy. I had to kind of retrain and be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get that guy back. And then first year LaFleur struggle. And then he goes off and is just this awesome quarterback again in 2020 and in 2021. And like yesterday I did something on the Packers and I was a little worried that like, did I, did we miss that? Like, is that going to happen again? Like, are we sure? You know what I mean? And so I think what, and maybe, and I know this is a funny spin zone and it's almost like Rob Manfred's spin zone of, I don't hate baseball. I'm actually trying to fix it, but maybe people took Christian Yelich for granted and just thought that this was going to be the thing for the entire career. And it unfortunately just doesn't always happen that way. And I'm sorry that the Brewers did the contract that every single fucking team in baseball would have done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just have to hope that there's that there's still time to turn it around. I think the other thing is, you know, we're we're three years away removed from his knee injury. I don't know if you can use that one anymore. I, look, and, I, look, he he benefited from the juice balls. I will admit that. And, and that was a and that, for the record, the knee was a bone injury, so I don't think there's much a ton of. But, you know, lingering no, effects from that. No, but. look, I think him and Cody Ballinger both benefited from juice balls. Why Cody Ballinger and Christian Yalich have both been unable to figure out it is beyond me. Now, I saw a Cubs fan last week say, oh, yeah, you Darvish was right. He stole signs all along. You know what? He might have. I don't think so. Um I, if he did, I mean, it's part of the game. It, it has been part of the game. It would be tough. It'd be hard, way harder to defend that than, honestly, the Ryan Braun stuff, in my opinion. But, you know, it could it could be the case. Maybe that's it. But, I don't know, the bat, the bat speed just isn't what it used to be. And I can admit that yeah. even as someone who defends him. So, yeah, I'm sure I need to work on being a little more critical, but it's I'm more critical in the moment than I am big picture. I, I will admit a fault of mine can be at times to not be more critical in, in the mo in the big picture stuff and more just in the moment of like, yeah, this was a shitty game and this player played like ass versus like here's what the long term ramifications of this could be. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I'm gonna have to retrain my brain, as you say. Um, that to the fact that Yelich is now a, a slap hitter at leadoff. Um, but, but like Mitch, he, <laughs> Mitch, he has the fourth highest, like, he, like I'll, we can revisit this at the end of the year, but like if Yelich hits 20 home runs and bats, I don't know, uh, 275 and has an OBP of 385, like that's a good fucking year. It's not an MVP year. Yeah. I mean, I, if he gets to 20 bucks, or 20 bucks. If he gets to 20 homers, I'd give you 20 bucks. Okay. All right. 
right. And he's got what seven? Yeah. And if he doesn't, I will pay out. I will pay out in the amount that Yelich has. So if Yelich gets nineteen, I will pay you nineteen dollars. If he gets fifteen, I will pay you fifteen, and so on. How about that? Okay. Let's see. Right. Okay. And I will max I just, it out. I, I will max it out at twenty because if Yelich gets hot and he hits like twenty five, I don't want to ban. Gotcha, Mitch. You don't have me. No, I have you. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear you for a second. I was like, I just saw, I just watched the first episode of Stranger Things season four. Man, I didn't need that. That I've had a lot of weird shit like that happen. That was a spooky way to start a season. And now I was like, oh, that spooked me for a second. I'm not going to lie to you. Is there right. some kind of weird noise or something? I, I don't know. Yeah, don't know what... it was like, my, it came through. I don't know if it'll come through on the recording. Sorry to the, the people. But yeah, it was, uh, it was odd. Maybe I'll, I'll work on editing that. Um, but anyways, we'll, uh, we'll move on. We already started talking about the Brewers um, with the Yelich thing and, and everything like that. And the Brewers are hot right now. They're 10 and four in their last 14. Um, they're still going to have a losing record for the month of June, but it's not going to look as bad as I think we all thought it might at the start of June. Are you, is the, the Brewers offense five? I tweeted out today. They have 75 runs in those last 14 games, averaging about 5.3 runs per, and they're doing it against pretty good teams. You know, they did it against the Cardinals. A couple of Mets games are thrown in there. They did it against the Blue, like Blue Jays, Rays. They're all playoff contending teams at this point. The Reds being the only outlier. So, do you buy this Brewers offense, or are you just like, all right, I need at least a month of data? before I can, I can join the bandwagon. I am fine. Honestly, um, they're, they're, they're starting to get healthy. I hunter on throw went back on the, on the injured list, which has talked about a lot, a little bit. And then went back on, but they get cold, cold long back. The depth is starting to return. As we talked about Jace Peterson, uh, much as I wouldn't mind him being gone, if he's if he's back to your last guy on the bench, we find role for him. You know, he's probably barely a major league baseball player, but he's he's been okay. Um, but it's, the offense has looked much better with this team getting more healthy. I think you got Woodruff back now, so the pitching staff is going to probably hold up there and a little pressure off the offense, which. All the pressure all season. I'm by. Um, I, I really like where they're at. And I was just playing about college for 15 Um He seems to be able to affect winning a little bit better at the leadoffs. You know, if they can figure out a way to get Colton Wong back up toward the top of the order, I know that would go against Craig having to have alternating lefty righty. Um, but we also never thought he'd move Yelich up in the leadoff spot either. And he, he finally did it. And it, it seems to have worked for the most part. Again, like I said, it's, it's affected positively. I think it's had an overall positive on a lineup. And it's moved Rowdy up into the third spot more often than not. He's kind of taken off lately. Um, he's had a lot of home runs in the last week. I think he's, he had two in the game we went to on Sunday. He had two on Wednesday in Tampa. I mean – yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm buying it. Just just continue to roll against Pittsburgh this weekend, who has <laughs> had a just as a worse of a month than the Brewers have had in June. Um, and they are just jump on them and and keep it rolling. And let's let's try to get a little bit of separation from the Cardinals. And you know, it's interesting. The Brewers won both in Tampa, and I think the Cardinals got swept in Tampa like a week or two ago. Right. So yeah, the car the, the weird the but, weird thing about the Rays is, is yeah, they've been, I'm buying the offense. Yeah, the weird thing about the Rays is, is they've been really good um against interleague. Um so the Brewers Hello? sweeping was actually quite a surprise. So yeah, I mean I you have every reason to buy it. Um push your chips in. They're playing good baseball. Um again, playing good against good teams and Guys are feeling good, right? They're making that push. I don't think any of them are, are all-stars. I said that. I said that uh, 
on the show Tuesday, but I still think that there's, there's a lot to like with what the Brewers offense is and they are, and they're getting two really easy teams that they should take advantage of. Like the Brewers don't go seven, three in this next 10 games. It's a disappointment. It just is like, there's no way around it. Like you have to take advantage when you have that easy schedule, especially when the Cardinals are playing the Phillies, we're still living. They're not as good because of Bryce Harper's injury. And then you play the Braves and then they play the Phillies again in that same 10, 10 days. Like again, that's that, that should be a time to separate if you're the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Brewers have Pittsburgh, Chicago, and then I can't Pittsburgh. think of who they have. Pittsburgh. So it's oh, very good. Yeah. Wow. Right. Well, yeah. There you this go. Is, Cubs, this the, Cubs, the Cubs are probably the worst team in the division. I've said that, and maybe not record-wise, but they are really bad. Right. Um, no, I agree. And I think the Cubs have consistently struggled this year. And I think they, you know, yeah, they, they get fired up to play the Brewers and everything like that. But the Brewers just got to just keep their heads down, keep their focus. I think that would be my only fear about this weekend. PNC is a weird ballpark. Weird stuff tends to happen. Um, they just need to just focus and not necessarily look past the Pirates and say, all right, it's the Pirates, whatever. We can take our foot off a little bit of that gas battle. It should be all gas, no breaks. I'm very invested in Adrian Hauser's start tomorrow um, or tonight, <laughs> excuse me, just because how bad he's been, right? Like at some point you need to see it from Adrian Hauser. And, like, I'm at the point now, and this is a little bit outrageous, a little spicy, but it's like, all right, if Adrian continues to be bad, like, are we going to do – should we do a piggyback thing with him and Chi-Chi? Like, where where does it go, right? It sounds like Aaron Ashby might be ready this weekend, which would be awesome. And I think, like, Aaron Ashby getting to pay, play against the Pirates, who are not good against left-handers, like Patrick Corbin, who's maybe the worst pitcher in baseball this year, shut them down the other day. Like that's a good get right spot for Aaron Ashby. And if you can have that, that'd be excellent. And then again, to your point earlier, the Brewers are getting a little healthier. Yeah. Well, it's never a bad thing to ease your way back off the injured list with a shit team like the Pirates. Right. Uh, I think Ashby's due off maybe the Sunday or Monday. Uh, I think a little earlier, actually Friday, he's eligible. Oh, oh well. So, we'll so they. They could go. They could go. I was sad to see our guy Trevor Kelly leave the team this week. Um, just kidding. I was thrilled. It's ecstatic that I will not have to see Trevor Kelly pitch again. I actually thought Lauer got kicked out of the game today because I, when I watch the games while I work, I have him on mute so I don't get distracted. And there was the there was a double down the line that looked it was fair, but Lauer was just bitching. So was Brasso. So was Council. I thought Lauer got kicked out of the game, but they just took him out. They brought in Gustav. Yeah, they took yeah. him out. He gave up, I think, three runs, and they took him out, like, in the fourth. Fourth or fi- like uh, fifth inning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the best start from Eric Lauer by any means, but it also wasn't as bad as, as it's been. So I think now what Eric Lauer has to work on is just how do you, how do you maintain with a lead, right? Like, Eric Lauer has not – necessarily been good with a lead the last few games like you saw it against Cincinnati right he was up four to one gave up that lead with multiple home runs and or it was five to one and then two home runs Cincinnati takes the lead uh the St. Louis game Brewers get the lead back it's four to three he immediately gives up a home run to Nolan Arenado and the Brewers lose five to four um in this game the Brewers scored in the let's say yeah they scored in the fifth inning they got him back to lead he immediately gives it back up in the fifth, and that's when you saw the pull from manager Craig Council. So yeah, yeah this, the, shut, the shutdown inning has been a, has been elusive for one Eric Lauer. Yes, uh, and as far as Hauser, I think for him it's like, can we get through the fucking first inning without throwing forty five pitches and you know giving up three runs? Right. It seems like it's it's for him it's more the more the one bad inning, and I feel like more often than not it's been. The first, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm still scarred from that Mets start in New York where it was just like, God, the Mets are just amazing at bats every time. Now he did settle down a little bit. I think he got through like five in that game, but um, yeah, just try to, you know, try, try to get through six 
you know, have a quality start. You don't really hear that stat too much anymore, mm-hmm. but have a, have a quality start one time, probably for both those guys. I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to be factors. I, I don't see them moving on from either one of those guys. No, but especially with Peralta being out for, we don't even know how long, but quite a while yet. Um, you're going to need those guys. So they got to totally. figure it out. Right. And then of course the Cardinals face Sandy Alcantara, who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball has a sub, uh, two ERA now, and they are on their way to potentially winning yet again against the Marlins. Um, so every day, man, it's going to be a war and uh, it's going to be a challenge for the crew. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, uh, that does it for today's show. Um, you and I can talk content ideas later since we went long, um, but we'll be back next week at some point doing a recap. We'll take a break at some point um, in July we'll kind of wade the waters, we'll kind of see when everything, um, when everything gets, uh, you know, different and we have some different shit and uh, when things finally quote unquote calm down, because I would say it hasn't calmed down yet. But yeah, we'll look forward to that. And uh, sorry if there's any technical difficulties, uh, we had more on our end probably than you'll hear in post-production, uh, but that's uh, neither here nor there. So uh Happy free agency, Mitch, and uh, we'll talk next week or maybe tomorrow if, if something crazy happens. Yeah, if the unthinkable happens for some reason. Bobby Portis signs with, signs with the Heat. Yeah, the Bucks signed Bradley <laughs> Beal. Um, I do think if Bobby signed with the, the Heat, uh, that might be the quickest heel turn I've ever seen. Be like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin just randomly like stunnering another baby face or like just an, like a classic WWE move where just out of nowhere completely. The Hollywood Hogan leg drop maybe when he went from Hulk Hogan to Hollywood, that would probably be at that level if Bobby went to like Miami. It happened about Florida. 11 months ago with P.J. Tucker. but nah, a little, That was a little different, but whatever. It's here no there. Okay. See you guys. We'll be back tomorrow on the Daily Tap reacting to it all. Peace. Peace.